Tom Jode walked down to the neighbor's farm, found his family. <laughs> Welcome back. That's Tom Jode by the wonderful Woody Guthrie, written about the book Grapes of Wrath, which won the Pulitzer Prize in 1940 on this day by John Steinbeck. And it's a book that shows how literary work can begin to change mindsets and create movements. That was a book about the movement of uh, Okies and Arkies, people who fled the Dust Bowl going west to California and their struggles to fight against the police and fight against capitalist power mm-hmm. to create a life. Uh, and so we play a little of uh, Woody Guthrie here. And we are joined here now in studio. Dr. Lawrence Brown remains with us. Melissa, I say that right? Good, good, good. Valisa Moore is founder and program facilitator at uh, Youth Learning Lab uh, of Education and Applied Design, Wileed, Wileed, right? Uh, and a holistic design village, a youthful, a youth-driven design, cooperative economics, and community action program. I have to learn more about this. Aaron Anderson is with us, who is a Wileed artist and, act- and, and uh, activator and an award-winning boxer, middleweight. Yes, good to have him in the studio, Aaron. Good to meet you. And, and Melissa both. Uh, Tim Wilson is on his way. I think he'll be here soon. Uh, he's supposed to be joining us as well. Uh, and Dr. Lawrence Brown is in studio, and you all are there, 410-319-8888. Folks, if you didn't get into the last round, I saw what your comments were. Call back at 410-319-8888 because this is all relevant to the discussion we were having last hour and where we're going now. Mm-hmm. Um, so very quickly, though, uh, Melissa, tell us a bit about this program so our listeners know where you're coming from. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, Y Lead is, is essentially an alternative learning village, is what we call it. And our focus is, is you know, a few main things. We have various methods um, that we work under, but we're a community resource. Essentially, um, we are uh, a resource that's for youth adults between 18 and 25. Um, and we're, we're pretty new, been around for about 18 months, and I was uh, just past. OSI fellow, um, 2013. So um, right, right, I was right. able to, to to get this off the ground. It's something I've been developing for a while. But um, essentially, it's a it's a healing, attentional healing space, and we use design um, and artisanship um, as a as a way to to do that. Um, everything is sort of centered around mind body contemplative practice, um, and community activation is a big part of of what we are starting to do. Um, Economic development, specifically cooperative economic development, is a big piece of, of what we're working on and working what towards. What does that mean? Um, means a lot of things to a lot of different people. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a part of solidarity economy, essentially. And, you know, the world of solidarity economy is, is very big and wide and wide open. And something that I and some others are, are starting to organize around, specifically as it relates to um, youth, um, African-American youth in the city, um, Jessica Nemhard, who wrote Collective Courage, is has been um, a support and will continue to be a support for us. But um, basically, uh, you know, we're really trying to push and create space for more solidarity economy models in Baltimore City and um, and and more black cooperatives that are black led. In terms, of, these are businesses as well. These are these are businesses, but it's uh, you know, Y Lead is is acting as and growing as a cooperative academy. So um, you know, we hope you know, and sort of a three-year kind of cycle way to develop, um, you know, business development, but using a framework of cooperatives and solidarity economy models. Um, and then hopefully youth can actually start their own cooperatives um, and we can support that process of folks starting their own cooperatives in the future. And talk a bit about your experience here in, in this group and before we come right back to where we were about what happened here in Baltimore oh, uh, and where we're going. My, my experience in the group has been uh, life-changing, life-changing. Uh, it, it's 
words can't even explain it. Just as far as me trying to find myself and just being in the you know organization with the people that I've been around, they've they've been helping me to to see and find myself. So you know, feeling that first as, as a uh, youth, you know, with a lack of opportunity in the city, coming growing up all my life, you know, by Johns Hopkins that I heard you, you know speak about earlier, I felt like I've never really heard of, had had a voice. So you know, to be in this program and have opportunity, I'm feeling like you know now it's my chance to be able to have a voice and to uh, share what I believe and what I feel, the way life and the way the world, you know, in the city should be, how it should be. So wh- I'm curious, where do you box out of? Uh, Mr. Mac Lewis Gym. Mac Lewis, the yeah, famous Mr. Mac Lewis Gym. Famous Mac Lewis Gym. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, let, let's come back to where we were. And folks, join us here at 410-319-8888. We saw a lot of stuff um, in the last few weeks where people, where the press focused a lot on young people uh, who were rising up in the street and and police cars being destroyed and police being attacked with rocks and bottles and and a lot of anger coming out from young people mm-hmm. and that was really the focus and I mm-hmm. say this all the time that that there was a march on oh, last Wednesday of a, several thousand thousands of mm-hmm. young people marched uh, black white Asian Latino from ev- ev- many universities in town and many many high schools that marched and nobody covered that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody, yep. nobody yep. covered that sure. at all, right? Yeah, yeah. And and then we, we saw a lot of young people coming out. of The drum course came out on the other day when I was at City Hall and just came marching down mm-hmm. uh, again, standing up against kind of brutality and racism. So I mean, I'm, this is and it's youth and change is always about youth. It's always <coughs> youth driven, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what this means. What do you all think this means for the future in this mm-hmm. city mm-hmm. with young people? Yeah, I, do you mind if I? Yeah, I'll speak to it a little I'm bit, Lisa, and then I want to hear, yeah. and then I want to hear from you. Aaron. Me too. Absolutely. <laughs> That's why he's here. Um, um, you know, for me, I feel like there's anytime something like this. First of all, this had to happen. Um, I've been sort of waiting and waiting, um, and I have been feeling a lot of complexities around what what has been happening, um, and creating space for younger folks to talk about how they've been feeling because there's a lot of complexities around how they're feeling as well, um, but. I personally am really excited. Um, I've I've always believed in the potential of the city and continue to. I, it's a really challenging, intense place. The energy is very heavy. There's a lot of suffering here. But there's also beautiful things that happen, and there's great, great potential. And so I stay here because I believe in that, and, and there's lots of opportunity to create amazing stuff and be examples to other cities um, who might be working with very similar um, stuff as Baltimore. So for me, I feel like... I feel heavy-hearted that another black life has been lost in this way. Um, I also see it as an opportunity to really, really, really um, put all of our energy into collectively coming together and creating the systems that we want to see and really having young folks be a part of that. Also, having it be a a truly intergenerational piece that happens because that – that I think is incredibly beneficial. Um, But having young folks be the leaders of that is, is a really important thing. Okay. Uh, for me, I, f- I first have to speak on the behalf of myself. Uh, as under- you know, just saying that growing up here, it wasn't. It's not like I've been like ev- my life has been peaches and cream. Like I've had running with the law and uh, mm-hmm. made a lot of mistakes. Because the first thing you learn, you know, growing up here is that all the wrong things to do as a kid. <laughs> you know, if you don't have that co- that that support, you know, you 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 get caught up in things going things that's going on around you. So. As far as what I've seen, I've, I've 
you know, for so many people I've seen them say, oh, my goodness, you know, they looted and they did this and it's bad and this. But I, I feel like, you know, when you say no justice, no peace, it's not as big than just marching. You, you know, you these people, you know, young people like us, we feel like we don't have a voice. So just yelling and screaming and saying, hey, look, we want justice. You know, sometimes you got to get a little bit more aggressive and letting them know that, hey, look, we're not just going to stand for anything. We've stood for a lot and in, in, in a, in a, in a lot of us have taken punishment from the police, you know, for no reason. You know, and, and I've seen just, it and felt it yourself. Seen it and felt it myself. You know, and these are the, the people that supposedly you feel that supposedly care for you, understand you, you know, understand that, hey, this predicament that I'm in now, I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask to be in this predicament. It just was given to me. It was handed to me. And I'm just trying to make the best out of it. But if you was to understand me a little bit better, maybe talk to me or be more supportive and don't just judge, then you understand why I do what I do and why it's so hard. So just seeing what I seen those young people did do, I feel like it's uh it says a lot. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, it just it has it it shouldn't just be for this moment mm-hmm. and then you let it die. Mm-hmm. You know, you just fight for this moment and then you let it die. I feel like we we as a young people now we now we we must stick together not just in this moment but forever to to push to to create and to develop things and to make ourselves better for the future. Because, you know, they always say, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, they say young people are the future. So mm-hmm. w- with us being the future, let's, let's lead. Mm-hmm. So let me ask this question before Lawrence jumps in with his thoughts and questions. I want you to jump in this as well, Lawrence. But, but um, so I, I'm curious. Um, and, folks, please join us here at 410-319-8888. Think about our young people. Maybe you are among those young people. Maybe you're a parent or an elder. I want to hear your thoughts as you hear our, our, our guest here at 410-319-8888. Um, so wh- I'm curious, A, what were your thoughts when you watched what was going on on television, when people were focused in on what was happening with the anger in the streets from Mondalman down to North and Penn? Yeah, clearly you weren't there. Mm-hmm. I can hear from your description you were not, you were right. not there. Um, and, uh, so well, what, what, was going, what was going through your mind? What were you thinking? What was happening to you then? Uh, the f- first thing that was going through my mind was like, wow, this is unreal. And, you know, for a moment, I, I kind of wanted the judge to say, man, look, this is crazy, man. What are y'all doing? But then the other side of me kicked in and said, man, I wish I was there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's about to ask that. Like, I had to. Like, <laughs> right, you know, right, wishing, right, 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 right. I wishing, like, man, <laughs> I was, I, I'm there. I got to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. It's only right. This, this has been a, it's been a long time mm-hmm. coming. I have to be a part of this. It's only right. But then, you know, me being, you know, trying to do something for my life and better it, I'm like, I can't get caught up with that, making mm-hmm. a mistake and ending up in jail and so mm-hmm. forth like that. So maybe I can... Lend my voice in another another way, which which I feel today is an opportunity too to lend my voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, I was saying to myself, "Man, uh, let's fight, keep pushing." And I I, I want to ask you what the, the describing a moment about what it means that let's fight and let's keep pushing. I want to kind of really delve into those two words. And I and I, and I think what you're saying is is really important. I mean, I think that you know there are young men now in that prison who are just like you. Mm-hmm. And two of the names that I throw out again, I'll throw them out again, are people like Greg Bailey and Alan Bullock, who are both languishing in city jail. They are young men. Um, uh, uh, Alan Bullock, 18 years old. How old are you? 22. 22, okay. Well, the other one is your age. Mm-hmm. Um, 18 years old, who was the one who was kicking in the police window. He went into the police station with his parents mm-hmm. to say, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I know I destroyed property, mm-hmm. so I'm coming in here to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And their response was to put him in jail and put him on a half a million dollar bail. 
because they said hitting a police car yep. was like hitting a policeman, <laughs> police per, police officer, right? right? Half yeah. a million dollar bill, eighteen year old kid yep. was coming in to say, you know, yep. I was angry, so I this is wrong. Yep. The other young man, mm-hmm. graduate of Poly, mm-hmm. star basketball player, began his, has his own business mm-hmm. as a young businessman, was also in the streets to demonstrate. Uh, his name is Greg Bailey, and he's the one who cut the fire hoses. He also know I, this is a huge mistake he made, but he we don't even know what his bail is yet. Because mm. I haven't heard what his bail is yet, mm. and he's still in prison. Mm. And so, I mean, so the, the question is, I mean, if we want to heal and change the city, it seems to me that we should be thinking about these young people should not be locked up in, with bails higher than police <laughs> officers who are accused of causing the death of Freddie mm. Gray. Mm. You know, so that that's yeah. You could have been one of those two. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I've got one. You know, I think the first thing we have to do Lawrence is put Brown. riots in context. You know, the Pratt Street riot of 1861, you know, 16 people were killed. And that was a white riot to protect slavery. <laughs> they were to stop the Union troops from advancing right. and, and joining their brethren uh, to prevent the Civil War from happening. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Pratt Street riots precipitated the Civil War. Right. Because you could argue that <laughs> it yes. did, right, right, right. Then you had a white riot in 2013 after the Ravens won the Super Bowl championship, and <laughs> you, the coverage you see it in the, in the yeah. article where it says, uh, you know, the the folks, the Baltimore police had to bring out riot police <laughs> because the white community they were breaking windows, they were acting a fool, right. So there, we have one reaction to white riots, mm-hmm. and we have a whole nother reaction to black riots. So we have the 2015 Baltimore uprising, and we also have the 1968 riots where six people mm-hmm. were killed. So mm-hmm. actually, you have more people that have mm-hmm. been killed in the white riots that we've had in Baltimore than we had with the black riots here in Baltimore. What you have is the demonization mm-hmm. of young black people. You had the mayor calling these yes. young people thugs. Which she backpedaled yes. on, which she back then said. Well, but she gave but permission. But she did backpedal on but, that. Yeah, but then after she said it, the governor said it and the president said it. See, she gave permission yeah, exactly. to the world to call That's these right. young people thugs. Mm-hmm. It was too late to retract mm-hmm. it, right? But all along, the the police and the mayor have been demonizing mm-hmm. the protesters. Mm-hmm. The, the Gene Kuhn, I believe his name is, uh, with the FOP, called the protesters a lynch mob. Then you had the mayor calling us outside outside agitators. Then you had, during Freddie Gray's funeral, the police putting out a memo saying that there was an Uber conference of the Bloods, Crips, and the mm-hmm. Black Gorilla family mm-hmm. coming together to take out the police. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they said there was a Black Purge coming. Wow. So they lathered themselves up into yeah. a position where they said, we have to strike first. And they, they preempted mm-hmm. the youth of Douglas High School, and they showed up down there with riot police gear. Mm. They cut off the bus. Subway, right. The subway so that the kids could not get home. And these were children. These were children, 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 and the police told them they could not go home. I defend those kids because, like you, brother, I wanted to be there. Yes, sir. I wanted to be there. I felt a pressure on my sternum watching it on my computer, and I said, I can't breathe because mm-hmm. I feel helpless that I can't go and help them. Mm-hmm. They're fighting to get home. And we any parent knows that you tell your children, if a stranger tries to uh, snatch you up, if a stranger tries to keep you from getting home, you have the right to fight back. And that's all of those, that's, that is all those children did, was fight back and say, we want to go home. No. And I think I'm, we need to stand on that. Mm-hmm. 
defend these children. I, I you know, <laughs> Lawrence, um, phew. Now, I, I'm glad you raised that and, and preached that at the end it, it, as you take us to this break here because I can't even wait, break the take and think about where we are and come back with our callers, Jesse and Rose, the first caller up. And I also want to talk about the, 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 some political conscious people, conscious people call this uh, today, do not, as, as you did not call it, the caller, uh, did not call it a riot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just like in the 60s. We use the word rebellion as people are using the word uprising now. So for the, since the rebellion of 68 to the uprising of 2015, I'm curious where, you, especially you all think, because mm-hmm. none of you were born then, I know, <laughs> but, but where you think this we, we go next. What is the organizing that has to take place? Mm-hmm. What do you want to see and how do we get there? Mm-hmm. We're taking a brief break. On our way there, we're hearing Hurricane by Bob Dylan. Uh, about the uh, boxer, great boxer Reuben Carter, who was born this day in 1937 <laughs> and was railroaded into prison uh, mm-hmm. and forced to go to jail on the verge of his championship and was a guest in the show twice before he passed away. Mm. We'll be right back. NWA, express yourself. We came back with that, debuted at number 37 on Billboard charts on this day in 1989. We are here again with Dr. Lawrence Brown, who remains with us, uh, Melissa Moore, who is uh, the founder and Program facilitator at Wiley Youth Learning Lab of Education Applied Design, Holistic Design Village, a youth-driven design cooperative economics and community action program. Uh, and Aaron Anderson, who is a Wiley artisan and activator and award-winning boxer who has now won the Golden Gloves for this region and represents D.C., Baltimore down to North Carolina uh, coming up at the next. Wow. So when, when, when is that fight coming up? When's your next? Uh, the next when's one. The next? Um, maybe, some, maybe sometime in the end of this month. We might throw a show, something like that. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely, you have to let me, definitely want to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely want to be Appreciate there. Appreciate it. Uh, 410-319-8888 is the number. Let me go right to the phones. And Jesse and Rosedale, you're on the air. Uh, hello. I, I just want to mention, if y'all hadn't already uh, spoken on the subject, um, about the Attorney General come, coming here and uh, to investigate a wrong. Uh, 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 she's been there wrong. Money misappropriate funds of these... Uh, um, uh, spent in a, in a, in a, in a direction which, uh, concerning uh, uh, red light and traffic lights uh, and, uh, and what happened to all that money hmm. uh, and, and if they go put them back up make sure they put them out all over the state of Maryland and not just in Baltimore City so that's all I just want to speak on that that's all thank you Jesse thank you important point comments thoughts well this whole thing is apartheid policing it all <laughs> needs to be inspected audited and deconstructed. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about. I, we talked about what I was before we went to break here, and, and Lawrence kind of gave this incredible monologue about where we are and what that means. I thought it was a very powerful statement. Um, uh, and I think about, you know, in the rebellions of '68 after Martin Luther King was assassinated, the Holy Week uprising. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can call it. That. I never heard that before, but you can call it that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, that that that. Um, it precipitated "quote unquote" change. Mm-hmm. The war on poverty and more was kind of pushed even harder, and mm-hmm. uh, it pushed Bobby Kennedy. In, 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 and the Fair Housing Act was passed right in mm-hmm. the aftermath of Dr. King's assassination. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. 
and so when that happened and Bobby mm-hmm. Kennedy was killed and he was pushing – Bobby Kennedy himself running for president, people don't realize this, at least is my analysis, that he was, very, he was radicalized by mm-hmm. the events of the 60s that changed his mind and heart. And and uh, was assassinated mm. uh, as we were building Resurrection <laughs> City and Poor People's Campaign in Baltimore, mm. in, in Washington D.C. and organizing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that came out in many ways of the the the, the rebellions of '68. So let, let's talk, if we, unfettered for a moment, and think about what you think should come out of the uprisings of 2015. They have happened here. They've happened in Ferguson, but Baltimore, in some ways. It was even can be more powerful than what happened in Ferguson in terms of the response to it. So, what comes mm. out of that, Melissa? Well, I think I think there's 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 lots of possibilities. What should come out of that is what I, I mean to say. Right. right well, right. I mean, I don't want to impose anything on what should. What I feel like would be incredibly okay. effective yeah, and, okay. and really um, really needed and has been needed in this city and, and other cities, but particularly in Baltimore in a special kind of way. Is is really and making an intentional, you know, and everyone that considers themselves a community worker or a part of community or you know a proponent or worker of social justice, I feel like we often don't talk about internally what needs to happen. Um, we often talk about what we need to change on the outside. And for me and and my process and something I try to really hold and, and stay rooted in with why lead. Um, is really thinking about our internal processes of healing and um, and consciousness building and then actually uh, sharing that with the communities that we connect, are connected to and our relationships with people and communities that we're building in, you know, um, in all of our movements. Um, it's it's not sort of a and I don't talk about that in sort of a flighty kind of new agey you know kumbaya kind of way. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Not that I, there's anything right, right, no right, offense right. to new agers, but but I I really do think <laughs> and really do feel very strongly that to be sustained in this work and to actually see sustainable change happen in very practical ways every day. Um, the process of really going inward and thinking about the transformation, like internal transformation and connection to spirituality is huge in this work. And so for me, I would love to see Baltimore be imbued with that and really raising social justice and healing justice and having those things come together. That, that I think what you're saying, I've met a number of people, Michelle Stafford's one who I just met who is a yoga instructor um, on with young people as well who's saying the same exact kind of things that and, and Charles Johnson mm-hmm. who is a the man who wrote Middle Passage and wrote many many other books and is uh, as African American and mm-hmm. a Buddhist and a deep thinker mm-hmm. it talks about mm-hmm. these things all the time mm-hmm. about it's the internal and the external mm-hmm. you have to fight for change on the outside mm-hmm. but you, it is I mean the, the internal mm-hmm. part is so important mm-hmm. they bring in that spirituality in I mean ha, have you been part of that far as uh, uplifting yeah. Yeah, of course. I've been a, I've been a part of that for the last three years. How did you get into this? Mm-hmm. Well, you mean why lead specifically? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and this whole question because I mean, if you're leading it, right? So, well, part first of, of all, I'm not leading it. No. I'm okay. holding we, space and facilitating. We the youth. I understand leading. the political <laughs> and social difference. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a big difference. Huge difference. Yes, yes, yes. We yes. the we the youth are leading. Mm-hmm. And I, when you say, "Well, how did I get into it?" Well, I, I've I've gotten into first. I've gotten into self. You know, uh, self uplifting. And what does that mean? To me, it means just not trying to find out who you are and what's right for you, and uh, um, um, and and, and um, being a student to life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I am. I'm a mm-hmm. student to life. 
student to life, looking up, learning, you know, not waiting for someone to just give me give me their thoughts and their opinions, but going going to go find my own. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to me. So, you know, I just so happened I, I stumbled across mm-hmm. Wiley on a humble, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just like on a humble, it, it, was, meant, it was meant to be, you know, by uh, a great man, Mr. Terrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was. Uh, they also ran in a program. Terrell with Williams. Mr. Terrell, Terrell Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sir, Mr. Terrell Williams. Uh, they also ran a program, which is called Turnaround Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Which you know a lot of people don't talk about it, but it's mm-hmm. uh, they they are trying to help to change mm-hmm. the city. You know, they're trying to give people opportunity. The, the people that's been incarcerated that has a record that you know mm-hmm. that, that has a la- lack of opportunity. Mm-hmm. They are trying to get them employed. You know, and and, and their works is very very heavy in the city. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's how I was be able to connect. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with uh, Waleed. Let me open the phones here. This is this is, this is I'm, I'm glad I'm glad the two of you are here today. Four one zero three one nine eighty eight eighty eight. Judy in Baltimore, you're on the air. Hi everyone. Hi Judy. Um, Hello. I, I just wanted to share that I'm a fourth generation Baltimore. My family has been here since the late 1800s, some form or another, and they all lived over in West Baltimore in the Sandtown area back then. My mother often waxes poetically about when she was young, she used to be able to walk the streets without a thought. Um, if it was hot in the summertime, my grandfather would take a newspaper and go to sleep out in George Hill Park. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Right, and I, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even when I was a kid, I remember going over to play with cousins who lived on Woodbrook Avenue. We had a great time. My great grandmother, before she passed, lived in Mount Mount Moore, was it Mount Moore Court? I don't remember. I don't live over there now. Um, but this, I think there's a thought somehow that black people are like inherently violent and left to their own accord. Everybody's going to go crazy and kill each other. My mother said it wasn't until drugs came into the community, and then you started seeing that cycle of violence, and then people couldn't get jobs, and then jobs left the city. That just really took that area down so fast. And the fact that few people owned their own houses, and so they were reliant on landlords who didn't provide um, the upkeep on the property. Right, so right. I just wanted to share that perspective because it seems like this week all I keep hearing about is violence and how this is sort of like perpetuated, like generational. And I'm like, you know, it hasn't always been generational. And I just wanted to share that perspective. Thank you. Thank you so much, Judy. And I think that what you said, I've said this on the air the, uh, many times in the, in the past week, um, and I, I think we can reflect on this a moment because I think that, the, the, you know, when I think about people your age and, and younger, Aaron, um, and the young people who were out on northern Pennsylvania and at Mondawmin, and many of the people, young people who are out there, I called them on MSNBC the other day, the children of the, of the dispossessed. To make up something I was infantilizing people. That wasn't what I was doing. I was saying, these are the children. They are children. The children of the dispossessed. And men as old as me can call people 20 years old kids because they are my kids. So, <laughs> sorry, my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So they are the children of the dispossessed. And it, and it is from that time. You know, it's that point when segregation ended, legal segregation ended in this, in this country. It was the same time that deindustrialization happened. So segregation ended. People lost their jobs in the steel mills and every place else in this area and around the country. And then we began the war on drugs, which was war on people of color in this country to put them in jail in numbers that never happened before in the history of the United States. All that combined with the destruction of neighborhoods to create young people today in the world you said you grew up in, Aaron. Yes, sir. Of complete dislocation. You know, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, that's, we have to come to grips with what we've done here if we're ever going to be able to figure out how to change it, I think. I agree. 
You know, that, that's something Judy said is like right on the money. Yeah. I mean, we definitely have to know. I mean, I feel like it's a combination of understanding historically. We have to understand historically where what got us to where we are today. Um, at the same time, really thinking about um, sort of infusing 21st century and, and new um, ideas and connecting ancient and old practice with new to yeah. really create something really amazing and beautiful. And that's, you know, that's a lot of, of, of what we, we try to kind of uplift at Y Lead. But um, yeah, yeah. Where is Y Lead? Uh, basically, a, a our location? main studio. Our main studio is in the um, in the Baltimore Design School. So they're they're letting us use space there, um, and that is in Greenmount West. Greenmount West, yeah, um, right, right, and, right. And um, but we also have mobile. We kind of like go mobile and different places that we work, and, and you know, out in community is is a big part of what we do. So, yeah. Wow. So yeah. and so, but you're on the east side. Yes, sir. East side, not too far. John Hawkins. Right, nothing is far in Baltimore, really. We think they're far within well, these neighborhoods yeah. that are really different. I, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're real, but, like, but, neighboring. <laughs> right, but, I mean, in Baltimore, just, just yep. everything's right around each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, in a, it's, a, you know, it's in a rapidly changing neighborhood, now considered Station North, and, you know, all, all of those things that um, also are a part of this, this thing is, is rapidly sort of gentrifying neighborhoods and what that is doing <laughs> as well. You know, actually... Also, uh, where I stay at, also, sometimes it disturbs me. I feel like I have to, you know, share this. It, it actually disturbs me because I know a lot of a lot of my peers, they walk around. And it doesn't disturb them. They just live life and, you know, to continue to do what they do. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's different because when I walk, you know, I grew up that in that area my whole life, all my years. You know, and uh, from I was living on one side of Broadway to the other side of Broadway. And when I look at Broadway on one side, mm. how I used to look. <laughs> You know, it, all the black people, you know, the houses was a little raggedy, so forth. John Hawkins took all that. Mm. And not only took it, took it, but the the people that they took it from was never able to get a sh- shot to live like the way the people live like of now. Course. yeah. You know, and I see and I see, you know, mm-hmm. the people that, you know, come from, that's coming around there now. And, you know, whether they're doctors or lawyers, whatever they're doing, it's still, I see no, no connection. Mm-hmm. I see no connection. Once you cross the other side of Broadway, mm-hmm. it's no connection. And I feel like the people, you know, people like me and others, they're getting left out. Mm-hmm. And that's disturbing. Yep. That's very it is disturbing. disturbing. Which, and, and go ahead. Go ahead no, wh- which is, I mean, this is this is something that, you know, Aaron and, and other folks who are a part of our of our village and, and also outside of the context um, and, and something that I went through <laughs> as a child, frankly. Um, but the, f- the slow and the multi-layered processes of how these neighborhoods change and who gets erased and who gets invisibilized and who, you know, folks are not putting the energy into really trying to bring consciousness to people to empower people to, to lift up their voice and say what they want in their space. And that's something that, you know, I've been working with and trying to interrupt. Um, but that is happening um, in in that in that neighborhood and in that area with the arts district expanding. Right. And this this is and it's very multi layered. It's all very connected to to what we're talking about and what Aaron just shared. Um, this this process of being silenced and erased and invisibilized. It's I mean, and we're talking of course intergenerationally with elders, <laughs> you know, who have been in neighborhoods for thirty, forty years. Right. And then older like youth adults who I also have been developing relationships with out, outside in the neighborhood who lived there twenty. 20 years because they're 20 and they grew up there but but don't 
But now there's like an all white board, like an all white community association board where, you know, or mostly white where that has just rapidly transitioned so that that we have to pay attention to those middle spaces where it might not be completely top down all the time. But how does it actually look in the middle before it actually gets on the ground to the people, (laughs) you know? Well, I want to invite the two of you to come back uh, with uh, with Lawrence and me here on this program to kind of broaden this discussion. And I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to coming down to visit what you all do just mm-hmm. in yes, the community itself. really want to get down there. Mm-hmm. Timmy Wilson was going to be on the show today, but he's been in the street a lot organizing and didn't make it today. He's been on the show a number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Facebook wrote this. Let me just read this to you all before we take a break. He said, unity should come out of it. Uh, things will not work if we have people still separating, trying to do their own thing. And we as brothers and sisters still... Murdering, uh, still murdering. It's been 16 shootings and 12 murders since last Wednesday. It's getting out of control, and we will stand up and end the nonsense, which is also what Mm Timmy. Very complicated, all that stuff that he just said. Many layers to that. Many layers. (laughs) Many layers. I think that, you know, and and to me, it also harkens back to, and maybe next week, maybe get some of you back on, maybe Mm -hmm. Timmy and and Lawrence Mm -hmm. can wrestle with this particular Mm -hmm. issue Mm -hmm. that he raised, Mm -hmm. because we run from this issue Mm -hmm. a lot. Instead yeah. of kind of trying to and, and, talk about it. And that's exactly what I was going to say in, in the long run. You know, when you ask me, what did I want to get out of this? You know, it's not just we just, you know, unity and, you you know, everybody's marching and, and sticking together for this particular moment. Mm-hmm. And then once it's over and it dies back down, he's killing him and, and people just spread out and there's no unity. That's what it's about. I feel like, you know, it has to be unity. We have to understand how, how it's already been set up for us as people. Yeah. And and something connected to that that I would love to talk more about is is yeah the systems of of how white supremacy actually externally and structures but also internalize how that has been internalized within the black community that's something that's deep very multi layered and huge and how frankly how misogyny and patriarchy are sort of intertwined with that okay so here's what we have to do uh, <laughs> it's a lot to, I, I know no no no, no that's lot. cool but what I like to do because we have to take a break here because it's time for our city paper roundup yep. which we do every Wednesday but I'm going to ask Dr. Lawrence Brown to stay with me co-hosting the city paper roundups and this is one of our co-hosts and <laughs> substitute hosts here um, it, it, that I, I first want to thank the two of you for coming in Melissa Moore and Aaron mm-hmm. Anderson it's been an honor to have you thank both you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and to come back in the next week or two mm-hmm. uh, for an entire hour at least mm. to get into this. And I really mm-hmm. want to come down sometime in the next week to visit y'all mm-hmm. um, and see what you do and yeah. just hang out and do some taping and yeah. and see what's yeah. happening in your world. Cool. Yes, sir. I yeah. want to do that. Yes, yeah, great, and come and see your next boxing match, well, too. sir, make sure you show up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're on it now. I'm, I'm going to show up. 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 All right. We've got to take a very quick break. Uh, we're going to break with uh, a very quick song here as we transition with Michael Jackson. Uh, appropriately, they don't care about us. Yeah. Mm. That's a good one. That's a good one.